Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Are you tired of hiking alone? Is your circle of friends full of couch potatoes? Or are you tired of nagging your significant other to play outside with you? If you answered yes to any of these questions, it might be time for some new adventure friends. Yes, meeting new people can be hard when you're a grown-up with work and family commitments. So in this podcast episode, I'm going to share some easy ways to meet outdoorsy people. These are strategies that work for me as someone who moves around a lot. And I know they'll work for you too. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hello, friends. How you doing? I'm recording this two days out from Thanksgiving. It's Tuesday right now. Thanksgiving's on Thursday. So hopefully you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you were probably socially distanced, not with your families this year. I was in the same boat. My mom is in Ohio. She's really my only relative, my only close relative that's still living, that I still celebrate with. And so looking ahead to Thanksgiving, it's really sad to think about not being with her this year. At the same time, I'm here in Denver. I'm getting lots of podcasts batched up, which is really fun. Got some great episodes coming to you, including today's that were suggested by you. I actually put a call out on Instagram looking for ideas and got some amazing replies about things we could talk about. So today's episode idea comes from Darcy M. Thank you, Darcy. And we're going to be talking about how to meet new adventure friends. And I feel like this is something I am a bit of an expert in. If you know anything about me, I've moved a lot, lived all over the world until 2010. I think it had been since childhood that I had lived in the same place for more than two years and had the same address. So making new friends, 
because that's something that I've had to learn how to do, like no choice or just be alone all the time, right? So moving back to Colorado, it was really important to learn how to make new adventure friends, new hiking friends, since that's what I like to do. So definitely have done that in the different places I've lived in Colorado. And then I think some of you are in the boat where maybe you used to be kind of a casual hiker, but now you want to be a mountaineer. Now you want to do some technical climbing. Now you want to do through hiking. So you have a need to kind of make a new community, right? Meet some new people with different interests. And that's totally natural and totally cool. So the strategies I'm going to share today apply to you too. And then there's some of you who are totally changing sports. This really happened for me this year. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I stopped doing so much mountaineering, and now I'm really into trail running, really into ultra running. And the tough thing about it is that I've had to go out and just find a whole new community. I had like such a nice mountaineering community that I really loved and really didn't have too many friends who were into the whole running thing. So that's been a journey. So if you're looking for new friends, I am right here in it with you. I'm a little bit between like communities. I'm not sure where I belong, but we'll figure it out, right? And today I'll give you some ideas of places you can look to find people who are into the things you're into in the outdoors. So I'm gonna start with one that's not gonna apply to all of you, but to a lot of you. And this is to look at your regional or local mountain clubs. So there are a couple of really big mountain clubs in the United States. So they generally have several chapters. They cover large geographic areas. So the ones I'm thinking of are the Appalachian Mountain Club in the East and Northeast, Colorado Mountain Club in Colorado, the Mountaineers, it's based in Seattle. It's mostly in the Pacific Northwest in the Mazama which is based in Portland. There's also the Sierra Club. Sierra Club has chapters all over the United States. So you can look up your local Sierra Club chapter. These might be great places for you to get involved, really meet people who like to do the things you like to do. So some pros of joining these bigger clubs. First of all, they offer trips. And often these trips are really well organized. These clubs usually have some standards for who can lead their trips. So I used to be a leader for Colorado Mountain Club. So when I was a current leader, I had to have, for example, first wilderness first aid training that was current. I had to have CPR training. I had to go through a course to learn how to lead trips up to their standards. And then they had rules for leaders. There were certain things I was allowed to do, not allowed to do on trips. There was a no harassment policy, for example. So hopefully people felt comfortable coming on my trips. And generally, because there's some rules, some standards, the trips would go pretty smoothly. I definitely went on some Colorado Mountain Club trips where we had some weird things happen, but in general, really great trips, great memories, everyone felt safe, and people generally had a good time, you know, unless they decided not to. There's always some of those. Another great thing about these mountain clubs is you'll have the opportunity to take some inexpensive classes. So this can be anything from first aid to basic hiking skills. I actually took the basic mountaineering course through Colorado Mountain Club back when it cost about $300. And it was amazing. I got like months and months of instruction. We went on trips. We went on overnight trips. We climbed a big couloir that we had to backpack into. We climbed in the snow, which was amazing. And for $300, that's, 
you can't beat that price. I think to even have a somewhat comparable experience through a professional guiding service, it would be like well over $1,000 and maybe several thousand dollars. And another great thing about that course is I met so many people like in my area in Denver who were interested in the same things. They want to go and climb the snow calor too. They're not just content like snowshoeing around on the, the trails anymore. They kind of wanted to level up. So I met some amazing friends through that program. Another great thing about these mountain clubs is they often have membership benefits and discounts. One of the reasons I've really held on to my Colorado Mountain Club membership, even though I don't do a whole lot with them anymore, is that I get pro deals on a lot of really amazing outdoor brands. So it costs $75, I think, to join Colorado Mountain Club. And I probably save that in a month or two just on gear discounts. So totally, totally worth the money. So cons of these big mountain clubs, of course, as I just mentioned, they're not free. You generally have to pay to join. It's generally pretty reasonable, I think. But you know, some people that's even paying $75 a year isn't really an option. Another thing to be aware of about these mountain clubs is that they have a lot of rules. So for example, when I was a chip leader, I had to keep my group together. I had to know where everyone was. Some people find great safety in that. Some people were driven crazy by that. They're like, you're slow leader. I want to walk out in front of you. And I'd be like, yeah, I got to keep you with me. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't, I don't love that that's a rule, but I also know that in order for me to benefit from the liability insurance of the club, I have to keep the group together and know where everyone is at all times, which is stressful on me and then also stressful on some people. They just didn't really enjoy hiking that way. Another thing, I don't know if this is all the mountain clubs, but in Colorado Mountain Club, there used to be a hiker classification system. So you had to go on the A hikes, which were easy, and then the B hikes, you could get us, and then you could get a C classification, and then you could get a D classification. So if you were coming in as someone who was like a really good experienced hiker, a lot of times that was off-putting. You're there like, why do I have to jump through all these hoops to get my classification? Which actually, while I was there, they relaxed it to make it much easier for people coming in, but still kind of a pain, right? If you're someone who's somewhat experienced. Another thing just to be aware of about these mountain clubs, they depend heavily on volunteers. So... There is a tendency to overlook bad behavior among key volunteers. It's one reason I am no longer super active with our regional mountain club here. I just feel like I butted heads with the wrong person, had no recourse over what happened next. And that being said, I did enjoy several years where that, the politics, the power struggles, things like that were not major issues. So if you're just someone that's there doing the hikes, you may never run into that at all. But I do mention it because I know I'm not the only one that has run into issues like that. So regional mountain clubs, good for many hikers, maybe not so good for others, right? Everything has pros and cons. So another way to meet people to hike with is to join what's called a meetup. Let's talk about meetups next. This is kind of a new way to make friends. If you're a little bit late to the digital age, this may be all new to you. So let me just describe how it works. Basically, you go on a website, you join meetup groups in your area. There are meetup groups for everything, for bird watching, pottery making, meditation, and of course, for hiking and outdoors. So in this case, you're going to join some of the outdoor ones, some of the hiking ones. Whenever you're a member, 
member of the group, when somebody posts a new trip, you get an email notification or, or a text on your phone and you can join the trip and just go on the trip, meet up at the appointed location and take off. So this Meetup website was so helpful to me when I first moved to Denver. This is where I met all of my friends when I first moved here. In fact, my downstairs neighbor, who's one of my best friends, we actually moved into the same building together, like we do lots of things together. We actually met in Meetup back when I was new to Denver. He's one of my original gangster Meetup friends. Another cool thing about Meetup is if you have some experience with hiking, you can volunteer to lead Meetups for some of the groups. I actually just started leading for Golden Trail Runners here in Denver because they were looking for leaders, and I run a lot, so I thought, hey, I might as well bring people with me. That'll be fun. You can also start your own Meetup group. It's currently about $20 a month to do this, and I just started my first Meetup group, which is Denver Mindful Hikers. So if you live in Denver and you're interested in trying a breathwork hike, definitely come and join us. And advantages of meetups, A, they're mostly free. That's pretty cool, right? And B, of course, because they're local, you're going to meet other hikers in your area. In fact, you're probably going to See, they tend to have very relaxed roles compared especially to these regional mountain clubs where the leaders are under insurance and have to meet certain standards for liability. Nothing like that in Meetup. It's so fancy and free compared to that. In fact, I just led a Meetup for the Golden Trail Runners last Saturday, and I had the group at the start, and I'm just like, guys, just go run, you know, have fun. They're like, do we need to check out at the end? No, you know, if you want to leave feel free. And I do ask, you know, is there anybody that personally wants to get checked out? You're worried about getting lost. You're worried about, you know, anything. And, and no one did. So they just all went. They went at their own pace. They grouped up in little groups. And then when we got to the bottom, I think one person left and then everyone else like hung out for an hour and talked because I think everyone is a little bit like socially starved from, from being in semi-quarantine from COVID. So that was really nice. But yeah, definitely much looser rules, which works well for a lot of people, especially people with some experience that don't want to be babysat. Another good thing about meetup groups, there's a lot of niche groups. So for example, I just went on the site and uh, like looked up hiking groups in Denver. There's ones for wellness, ones for big hikes, ones that only go in small groups, ones for singles, for people over 45, for hiking with dogs, for cancer survivors, for tree meditation, for GLBTQ plus weekday hikes, photographers, Christians, Republicans, moms. We have a big hiking community here in Denver, so maybe <laughs> more diverse than some places. But you can see there's a group for every kind of person. So if you really want to niche down and meet a kind of hang out with a specific kind of person, there's probably a meetup for it. And another great thing about meetups, if you don't like one group, you can just find another one. Like, there's, there's endless possibilities out there. So some downsides of meetups, um, they may be, obviously here in Denver, they're pretty popular, especially the hiking meetups. Depending on where you live in the country, you may not have as many hiking meetups to choose from. I know in Cleveland, where I'm from, we have some, but not as many as Denver, obviously. So, but, but still, still some you can choose from. Another thing to be aware of with Meetup is the leader doesn't have any responsibility for your safety. So <laughs> that means 
means that, you know, you're really responsible for yourself, both out on the trail while you're hiking and then getting yourself there and getting yourself back. I had an interesting experience in Meetup where I got, I was in a carpool getting there and I got left at the trailhead in the middle of the national forest. And I was freaking the F out, right? Like running around, like (laughs) just yelling at random strangers. I'm left behind. I'm left behind. It, it, It all worked out in the end. It's a long story, but yeah, just be aware. I think that's kind of an extreme example, but yeah, this can, these kind of things can happen on meetup. And also another thing with meetup is usually there's not a lot of filtering of participants. Anyone can come to the meetup. Some, some leaders are better at this than others, but you know, you'll have people possibly showing up to a big hike where you climb a mountain in flip-flops with no water. And I mean, it's, it's great that these beginners have a place to go, but sometimes it can be a problem for the group. It can slow it down, um, cause trouble for other people in the group. You got to loan them your water because they don't have any things like that. So, So just be aware, the level of professionalism is a bit lower. Um, A couple bonus tips if you want to do meetups. My biggest rule for myself when I was doing lots of them is that you should only join meetup hikes that you can complete safely on your own. And another tip is to find leaders you like. Some leaders are really awesome. They're really professional. They do a great job of looking out for people, screening participants, setting expectations, and all the things. So there can be like the difference between one leader to another can be like the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. So definitely try out a few. Find people you like. And finally, third awesome way to meet outdoor adventure friends is through guided trips. So this is through guiding services, um, outdoor schools, mountaineering schools. So some famous examples might be RMI, IMG, Alpine Ascents. There are also plenty of non-famous examples. So here in Colorado, we have one called Colorado Mountain School that leads group trips, gives lessons, also does private trips that a lot of people have really enjoyed going to. And those are all over the country. You probably have some near you. And advantages of going on a guided trip. First of all, you're going to have top-notch leadership and instruction. These are people that are being paid to keep you safe, paid to keep you to some degree happy. So that often makes for a much better experience. Because of this, these trips are generally safe for for people of all skill levels. Sometimes they'll tell you, you know, this trip is for people with some experience. But as long as you have that experience, you're going to be fine on the trip. And group trips can be a great way to meet people, especially if you're in a really deep niche, something like high altitude mountaineering, where there aren't many of you going on a guided trip where you're going to go climb Denali and everyone, everyone there is into high altitude mountaineering, right? Like, boom, you just got a bunch of new friends you can go climb mountains around the world with. And the guided trips are sometimes a good option if you don't really live by the mountains or have a lot of clubs or meetups in your area. I know one of my friends climbed Rainier with RMI and she had people in her group from Minnesota, from the Midwest, people that wouldn't necessarily have the chance to learn those skills, have those experiences. They joined the group trip and now they know people all over the country. They know my friend Gail. They can come to Colorado and climb with her. They know the other people in the trip. So while it's not quite the same as having a community right by you, you do have an extended community that you can build. Um, The cons of going on a guided trip, of course, they're not cheap, as I mentioned. 
to take a seminar, like a five-day seminar, mountaineering seminar, where you're at Mount Rainier, you're learning all the skills, and then maybe you climb the mountain. I think it's several thousand dollars at this point. And as I mentioned, the, the kind of the downside is the people you meet often will be from different parts of the country or even the world. Sometimes people come from all over the world to go on these trips. However, as I mentioned, there's pros and cons of that too. Now you got lots of amazing places to visit. So guided trips, definitely one to keep in mind. And then finally, I'll throw out a few other ones that have been helpful for me or people I know. REI, our big, big box outdoor store in the States offers courses. I believe this is also true with MEC in Canada. And I think that's probably also true with some of the big stores, big retailers around the world. So definitely check with yours. Parks and recreation departments can be good sources of classes, of groups. My mom wanted to learn how to snowshoe, and she actually was doing some research, and she's she told me, oh, the, the national park, the Cuyahoga Valley National Park in Cleveland, which is right by my house, like offers snowshoe classes. So that was an option for her to go and check out. Schools and colleges often will have an outdoor club. I know when I was in grad school at Colorado State University, I was really active in the outing club. And while I was a student, there were also one of my best friends in that club was someone who worked for the university. And there were also alumni and people from the community. So if there's a, a college or a school near you, it might be worth looking into whether they have a club that you'd be able to join, even if you're not actually a student. Social media can be a like new, a brave new world of meeting people to go outdoors with, but it can be totally worth it. I've had people on Instagram contact me and be like, hey, I see you're doing fun things. I live in Denver too. So we meet up for coffee, meet up for a beer. And actually some really fun friendships have come out of that. And I've also had people who are passing through, like people who are in my Facebook group and know me there and they're coming to Colorado. They will sometimes be like, hey, I'm passing through. Do you want to get together? Do you want to try to do something? And that's always fun just to meet people in person. I'm pretty open to that. And often if you're in a Facebook group with people from your area, like for example, we have Facebook groups for the Pacific Northwest hiking, Facebook groups for Colorado hiking. That's a great place to, to just start meeting and connecting with other people. And finally, if you're a trail runner, <laughs> I'll throw this one out there. Um, Hash House Harriers. Google the city nearest you in Hash House Harriers and um, you'll pull up a run. They call it a running club with a drinking problem. It doesn't specifically do trail running, although often the runs are on trails. But it's, a, it's just a very fun, laid back club. They, they do runs where you have to, it's almost like solving a puzzle. You have to catch the person who's called the hare who's laying the trail. Usually you don't and you end up at a bar and then there's if you'd like to drink, celebration, drinking, fun, singing songs. There's all kinds of weird traditions that go with it. Some people love it. I personally am a diehard Hash House Harrier for life. Some people think it's the dumbest thing they've ever seen. Like, feel free to feel that way too. But yeah, if you that sounds exciting to you at all, you might want to check it out. That's um, That's been a great social thing for me, especially living overseas, living in different countries. Ash House Harriers are really popular around the world. So it's definitely something to check out if you're an expat or living in a country other than the United States. 
lots and lots of fun. So there you have it, guys. All kinds of places to make new outdoor adventure friends. I really hope that this has been helpful to you. I hope you're fired up to go out there and just meet all the people and just think about all the adventures that are destined for you and the people who are going to go with you that you haven't even met yet. They're just out there waiting for you, right? So go and meet them. Go and make it all happen. Guys, it's been so fun to be with you this week. I will catch you next week. Take care. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.